Welcome to the show today, guys. We have an exciting guest that I wanted to uh, just expose you to. If you don't know about her already, you probably do. She's a pretty big deal, and she's the type of person that I would... Uh, I would hate to see on with Don Lemon, um, just destroying the liberal narrative of abortion, especially as the abortion is just celebrated today as such a tool of empowerment for the black community. And Tony McFadden is a powerful voice against that mainstream media message. She is an international pro-life speaker and the founder of the program Relationships Matter. Tony is also the Minority Outreach and Healthy Relationships Director for Students for Life of America, the largest pro-life youth organization in the country. She was the former relationship educator and director of relationship education program in the greater Philadelphia area for six years and has shared this program internationally in Africa and Israel. Tony has been married to her wonderful husband, Chris McFadden, for 11 years and they have four beautiful children. She joins me today to discuss her story but also the stories of black pro-life leaders who the mainstream media and the Democratic Party has memory hold to ensure that no one counters their narrative and claim that all black people think alike and they celebrate abortion. That's far from the truth today, and it's far more important today than any other time that we tell these people's stories and the pursuit for true justice and true equality, which necessitates the inclusion of all human beings into the human family with their natural rights protected. Buckle up, here we go. Tony, welcome to the show today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, we've been meaning to do this for a long time. You and I did an Instagram Live together a while back um, yeah. to talk about how Lecrae is basically just a pro-abortion advocate now. Um, and I'm sure we'll do more of those. But it's so great to have you on. You're such a powerful voice. You're such an inconvenient, powerful voice to the mainstream media, to the Democratic Party, to the abortion industry. Um, mm -hmm. and, and you've been uh, going viral a couple times recently um, for just bringing that type of moral clarity that is so needed in these uh, morally tumultuous times. Um, before we jump into your story, you recently uh, responded to a, that viral high school valedictorian who used her valedictorian speech to essentially just talk about abortion as equality as necessary for women's equality and empowerment. Um, and you responded and told, and told your story, which was covered by The Blaze and Live Action and many others. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about that recent interaction? Well, at first I wasn't going to respond at all because I had seen other people responding already. But I thought, you know, this is important to share my perspective on this as someone who's actually walked through having an abortion myself. And I know the lies. And I know that they abortion is not going to restore your dreams and your aspirations. And um, that the real war is not on women. The real war is on ba unborn babies in the womb. That's right. That is where the real, real war is. And as I mentioned in my post, yes, she is a very intelligent young girl. And yes, she can use words to you know, push her point across, but if it is not founded and grounded in truth, you're leading young girls astray. Mm -hmm. And so it was very difficult to hear those in the crowd hearing for this. Yeah. And right. but at the same time, I've been getting private messages from students from that school who were heartbroken 
that really? they're sitting in. The, yes, that they're sitting in wow. these chairs. This is supposed to be their special day too, and that was kind of taken away from them and overshadowed because they didn't agree with that message. And some people actually did walk out. Wow. And you know they're not going to cover that part. That's right. Yeah, but yeah, how yeah, disheartening! Yeah. How disheartening yeah. for those sitting there that walked for or went to school with her for these four years and had yeah. their time kind of you know pushed aside because she had an agenda that I felt was wow. not the platform to use for this. Yeah, well, and, and you know, it, it comes as no surprise to you and I that an industry which dehumanizes the preborn and mm -hmm. uses them as a commodity will also mm -hmm. dehumanize minors. Eh, she might have been 18, but dehumanize young people um, and, and, and utilize their indoctrination into the mm -hmm. religion of abortion. Uh, yeah. in order to use them to just prop up their message. Here's a talented mm -hmm. young woman who is very steeped in our lives. Uh, awesome, let's put her on all of the various regional Planned Parenthood Instagram stories mm -hmm. uh, to exactly. celebrate and help her reach more young people with their lives. And that's why your mm -hmm. voice is, and, and the, is so important, why so many young people's voice is so important to counter those lies. Um, yeah. you, you, you had a powerful post about that that you, that you put up in relation to your family and, and your daughters. You said, uh, after consuming poisonous pills to end the life of my baby, your sibling, that is not what happened, meaning I didn't achieve my dreams. Nothing was restored. It was all a lie. The regret settled in, but I quickly pushed it down to survive. There is nothing natural about taking the life of your own child. I do not care how empowering someone like Miss Paxton may make it sound. The reality is I had no right to take the life of my innocent child for my own selfish gain. The last thing I would ever want for my beautiful girls to believe is that lie. Uh, and that's the very lie that was being celebrated. Um, so uh, have you had any more interactions with any other young people or students? How was how your voice and post uh, used to just encourage more young people with the truth? Yes, it, I mean, it's been parents as well that saying, wow. I'm printing this out so I can share this with my daughters or we're wow. talking about this. So it's been, it, it makes me cry. Um, it's been so powerful to, um, even hear from those who've had abortions saying, thank you for being putting into words what I couldn't mm, and wow. being brave enough to be vulnerable because obviously yeah. it's not easy to be vulnerable on the internet <laughs> because yeah. right. people yeah. are going to say things out of context. They're going to say things in a disrespectful way. And my heart was not to be disrespectful Paxton. That was not my point. I wasn't attacking her because for yeah. some reason they think attacking is not being on board with what she said. That's not attacking her. That's right. That's yeah. exposing yeah. lies. And so the feedback that I've been getting on the positive side has just it from men and women just saying, yeah. I'm showing this to my granddaughters or right. thank you for being a voice of reason in mm. a culture that is promoting death and using your sense. story to do that. So it's been amazing yeah. and it's worth it with all the backlash too. It's worth yeah. it to me. Yeah, yeah, praise God, good. You know, and, and, how, and how arrogant, right, for these individuals to claim to speak for all women. And, and that's mm -hmm. why they accuse you of attacking her because for them, yeah. abortion equals freedom. Abortion yeah. equals equality. And so if you're attacking the pro-choice position, Tony, what, are you a traitor to your own race? Yes, that's right. exactly how they view you. 
They mm -hmm. view women as a traitor to their gender if they're pro-life, and they view right. you as a black woman as a traitor to your race because you're pro-life mm -hmm. and you question the liberal yeah. establishment. And, and yes. so all the more important to continue questioning it, Tony, and to continue dissenting <laughs> to their lies. So thank you for being a voice. Um, you mentioned a little bit of your story. Obviously, you told some of that story in that post. Um, right. But I've, I've had other people tell me like, oh, Seth, Tony's story is like just wild. Such a story of God's grace. You got to um, talk to her sometime. And I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I totally do. So why don't you tell a little <laughs> bit about your story? In short, like how did you come to be so involved in the pro-life mm -hmm. issue, in defending the pre-born? Um, how did God bring you to that position? And why is it such a personal story for you? Yeah, I was a senior in high school when I faced an unplanned pregnancy and I had been dating a guy off and on for two years was not the best relationship at all. And I thought he was being great by coming with me to the abortion clinic. Like anyway, so he, him and my best friend came with me. I was seven weeks along. I was given the RU486 pills, which this is 1999, so I'm aging myself, but this is 1999. They were not FDA approved until 2001. So mm. they were already giving these out. My boyfriend breaks up with me the day after we go to the abortion clinic together. I was told after 24 to 48 hours to take those pills. I did. They actually did not work. Um, about two months later, I ended up severely hemorrhaging while I was in school. And oh we know that 24 women have passed away taking these very same pills Recorded. that we know of. Only, yeah, Recorded. exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that we know of. I'm sure that there sadly is more, but um, it was very traumatic. And so I know a lot of people would say, oh, the first trimester, that should be the cutoff. It's just, I believe it's probably just as traumatic as having an abortion the second or third you know, trimester because you're in your home dealing yeah. with this all by yourself. I'm a right. teenage girl. I didn't tell my parents about it and I was going through all of it by myself. Uh, long story short, it was when I was in college that I went to a popular uh, campus ministry called Campus Crusade for Christ. Right. And that's where the Lord redeemed my heart and show, put me on a path of showing me who he created me to be. Not only who he created me to be, but how much he loves um, his image bears. And so eventually, wow. you know, God is too good to keep us where we are. And so he um, brought me to a person who really helped me to begin to open up that wound of abortion. And that was wow. something I thought I would take to the grave with me. Really? And I, I thought that that was the one thing Christians wouldn't forgive me for. And that was a lie that I was right. believing. Um, so I ended up working for a crisis pregnancy center and no I was wow. there. <laughs> I was their relationship educator That's where amazing. I went into school middle schools, yeah. high schools, even colleges. Right. And I spoke on saving sex for marriage. And that was something I was walking out myself. And it was just so powerful because at the same time, I was also going through post-abortion counseling mm -hmm. and going through the healing part of my wow. journey, which was not easy. It is not easy right. to admit what you did wrong or admit mm -hmm. I chose to end the life of my child. Wow. That's, I mean, it's horrible to 
um, I, I will always have that regret with me for the rest of my right. life. But I also know what it means to be redeemed. And I also right. know that my Savior's blood did what it was supposed to do, and it is covered. So right. once I was really firm on the gospel, I was able to more freely share my story because I wasn't under condemnation anymore. Uh, so here's the best part of my story, though. I'm cutting it a little bit short. But the best no, part of my story is um, I did I worked for this crisis pregnancy center for about six, seven years, and I would share my abortion story. And little did I know that the same guy that I had the abortion with, God would bring him back um, into my life. And he came back solely to apologize to me. He had become Whoa. a believer a few years before, and the Lord put on his heart, you need to go back and apologize to her for the way you wow. treated her. And we sat down at dinner, wow. and I remember him saying to me, I left that relationship because I did not want to face the fact that we ended the life of our child. Wow. So in that moment, what that said to me was that abortion does not only affect women, but that it does affect men because what he realizes I was I didn't protect you and I didn't protect our preborn child. And I did the immature thing of just walking away because it was easier to do that. And then less than a year later, I became his wife. <laughs> <laughs> no way. That's amazing. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. So that's so cool. Um, <laughs> How redemptive. I know, like only God, only God can do that. And I mean, we it had been almost nine years that we hadn't seen each other. And on our wedding day, we were able to honor our unborn baby. We just lit a candle and said in our program, we wrote our story in the program and at the wow. um, bottom said, you know, we're lighting an extra candle to acknowledge the life of our unborn child. And wow. Um, I had gone through, um, I had a memorial service for the baby and, um, someone gave me like a little shadow box and it had the program in there. And one of those little willow dolls that said was yeah. holding a balloon that said hope. And we ended up putting the candle in there. And so we still have it. Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, it reminds me <clears throat> so much of so many stories in scripture, but specifically of King David's who, you know, also arranged the death of an innocent human being, uh, in order to hide and cover up his sexual sin. Um, yeah. but he repents, God uses him mightily, calls him a man after his own heart. Um, and you know, if there's hope for King David, then there's certainly hope for every <laughs> single one of us. Um, yeah. And and that's just a powerful story. So that's that's amazing. I'm so grateful for how God is using you, Tony, and your family to speak life in a culture of death <clears throat> that um, is continuing its progressive descent uh, into hell at 200 miles an hour. Um, and we need people standing in the middle of the track with a sign saying stop. Um, and yeah. so in that vein, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> um, you've also uh, recently been telling the stories of many black pro-life leaders uh, on your on yeah. your social media, you did this in Black History Month recently, and I was so encouraged by that um, because I, I knew some of the stories, but some of them I didn't know. And I, you know, I'm in the right. pro-life movement. I was born and raised in this movement, which just told me how successful the liberal establishment has been in memory holding 
the stories and lives of individuals that counter their narrative. And those yeah. that counter their narrative the most tend to be black conservatives, black pro-life conservatives, because mm -hmm. that voting block is, they treat that voting block like they used to treat actual black human beings, like they yeah. own it. Like they own that vote, they own that community, and anyone who questions them, like Candace Owens or like yourself or Brandon Tatum, is a heretic and and will be yep. thrown into utter darkness. Um, but you're you know you're willing to engage that and and retell those stories, and I'm so grateful for that. So I also wanted you to just share some of these stories that you were yeah. sharing with the world on social media to encourage our listeners, and I think probably most of our listeners on this show probably won't know many of their stories as well. So why don't yeah. you just dive in and, and encourage our listeners with some of these leaders? Yeah, I want to mention the reason I did this for Black History Month. I was strategic in picking names that no one really knew. And it was research for me, too, because I was like, oh, why do we not know these people? Like, how right. is this, you know, um, just swept under the rug? And like you said, for myself, anytime we come against the narrative, they want to squelch you. And so right. this is why um, I looked those names up. So the first one, um, his name is Augustus Holton. So he was Catholic. He was the first African-American priest. Really? Now, first one, yes. Wow. So he was born, he was born a slave um, in, I believe, Missouri. Yes, Missouri. He was born a slave, and his, both of his parents were Catholic. And um, so he founded the first parish in Chicago. Like, wow. Which is, <laughs> I, I mean, like, a democratic stronghold if there ever was one. Right? Right? <laughs> wow. So um, he, this is one of the quotes they said about him of where his foundation came from. He said he saw the dignity of people made in the image of God's likeness. And that was the turning point of everything he did. So... Wow. I mean, the stories that come from that, um, he died at a very young age, though. He died at age 43 from mm. a heat stroke. Oh, my God. So, yeah. Um, but I just think of the history of him coming, being born a slave, but then setting people free. And he was so um, adamant of not having race be the dictator of who you were, that mm. God, being God's image bearer. Wow. was why we express Christ to anyone, no matter where they're coming from, no matter their skin right. color. Christ's the one that gives us our identity and gives us our worth. So wow. really loved that um, portion from him. And um, there's, if you look up things under Catholics, they will have his story all the time um, displayed. And I just think wow. it was really amazing because I didn't know that. I didn't know if he was the first um, African-American priest. And then wow. um, Dr. Uh, Dolores Greer, she is a powerhouse. I mean, her. If you, listen, if you go on YouTube and you look her up, all of her videos of her speeches, she just has this deep, solid voice that just pierces. And wow. her message is so clear. She was the... Um, the founder of Black Catholics Against Abortion. Wow. So she was just, yes. <laughs> and her goal was, we need How to, to get more. How to trigger leftists. <laughs> and she's fearless. 
And you could tell she did not care about what anyone else thought, that she knew why she believed what she believed. That's amazing. And she was just known as the champion for the unborn. And she was just very outraged, as am I, of the high um, rate of African-Americans who are aborting their babies. And all the way from, you know, Margaret Sanger and the roots of all of that. And she was exposing it just like I'm still trying to expose it to people. Uh, She said in one of her speeches that more than anything, abortion is racism. Mm. Wow. That's what it is. It is racist because they put all of their facilities, what is it, 88% of their mega facilities are within walking distance in minority and low-income areas. Why, with this big of an industry, we make up, uh, Black Americans make up uh, now about 12% of the population. Right. And you're putting your facilities in within walking distance for us. Wow. Because you care. about black Tony, women. you know how the <clears throat> the left says that any um, disparity is evidence of discrimination, right? And of course, you know, we would tell people to go read Thomas Sowell's book, Disparity and Discriminations. Yeah. But um, it's it's funny they they never apply that to abortion. Isn't that so strange? It's yeah. the only thing they don't apply the statement that any mm-hmm. disparity is evidence of discrimination to, because if that were true in every circumstance, which obviously it isn't, but if it were then abortion would be the greatest example of discrimination because you have 3%, which would be child, which would be black women of childbearing age, about 3% of the American public obtaining 37% of the abortions. That's a disparity. Therefore, it must be discrimination, right? And they say, well, no, except in that circumstance. Um, And so, so Dr. Dolores Greer, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. And so, um, you know, she admitted and would tell people that this was black genocide. Like, wow. we are dealing with black genocide right now. And she was good about criticizing Planned Parenthood and exposing their lies. And she was actually offered to be a part of the NAACP, and she turned it down because of their racist really? root within, like, basically being in bed with Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Wow. She was not wow. playing any games. Wow, good for her. That's amazing. So the next person I want to talk about is Benjamin S. Turner. Now, he there were seven first black African-American U.S. representatives, which hmm. a lot of people don't yeah. know about, but he's one of the seven. Go check the other ones out. If you know what to Google, you'll find it. Um, I also have a really great guy, um, Walter Hoy. Do you know who he is? He's in California. Yeah. 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 So she's for life. He has a great right. video on all of them as well. So he lived as a slave for like 40 years. Wow. Yeah. And became the first African-American um, U.S. representative for Alabama. Hmm. And he was uh, 45 years old when he took office. And he wasn't, because he had been recently set free, he didn't have like the politician, you know, mindset, you know, (laughs) that we know. So, but they said he had this just mild manner about him. And when he spoke for the people, it just affected people's heart. Just the way that he spoke and spoke of the people. And he just cared about those that were around him and wanted to really care for those who couldn't care for themselves. So um, after the Civil War, 
he settled in Selma and he used, he financed his money for a, all Selma's black children to help them wow. get educated. And because obviously he cared about the vulnerable. If you don't care about the most vulnerable of society, this is why we see the things that we're seeing. Um, a lot of people will say to me on the abortion issue, you got to fix X, Y, and Z outside of the womb in order to bring babies right. into this world. But I'm like, no, if you can't care for the most vulnerable, those who cannot even speak out for themselves right. or fight for themselves, this is the result of why we are dealing with the things that we are, de are dealing with exactly outside right. of the womb. So right. that is the root cause. It's, it's the other way so, around. That's right. It's exactly. It's the other way around. You respect the most vulnerable and you protect them. You're going to see your society change. Wow, um, that's right. And so that's what we are fighting for. So what was his name again? Thing, um, Benjamin S. Turner. But Benjamin here's the cool S. Thing. Turner. So everyone go look up Benjamin S. Turner's uh, story. And he yes. settled in Selma, you said. Yes, he ended up settling wow. in Selma after the Civil War. But he also used his influence to get blacks to um, come over to the Republican side because he saw the racist roots of the Democrats. Wow, so, that's amazing. A little and was he doing that? There. Was he doing that privately, uh, caring for children and in Selma? Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, yep. are you saying private charity, Tony? That individuals and local communities are the best situated to care for the vulnerable and not big daddy state? Yes. Wow. Not the government. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> we had all those examples all the way back then, telling us, warning us. Yep. You know, um, but uh, my favorite, and you know her, I know you know her, is Dr. Mildred Jefferson. She is my favorite. I wish I w could have met her. I believe she passed away in 2010. Wow. Um, but she was born April 4th of um, 1926, and um, she was the first black woman to graduate from Harvard. That's right. Medical school. And used, has always used her position to um, protect uh, the preborn babies. And um, she earned her bachelor's degree from Texas College. And then yeah. she earned her master's degree from Tufts University. And then um, one of the things that I love that she would say, um, I'm going to bring that up before I go back about... Um, try to find it because I don't want to mess up the she um, received a letter do you know who she received a letter from who changed she changed a politician's mind do you know which Who's politician that? okay so let me read a little bit what he said to her now you know it's a male <laughs> but he said she was on a program called advocates and she was debating um, the pro-life argument um, against those who were pro-abortion. And after that, um, a politician sent her a letter and said hers was the most clear-cut exposition of her argument that he had ever heard. And he said that several years ago in your state, um, he, they issued um, a bill in California on the abortion bill, and he wished he would have heard her talk before he had signed for this. But he said, wow. lastly, um, he said, no other issue since I've been in office has caused me so much study and soul searching. 
And he said, you made it irrefutable, irrefutably clear that abortion is the taking of a human life. He said, sincerely, Ronald Reagan. Wow, so that's she right. His position on abortion. And she was just a force to be reckoned with. And she had this soft demeanor, but her words were so powerful. And as she often used the fact that she was a doctor to push um, this position as well. Um, but she, I mean, to her dying day, fought for the, the preborn babies. Wow. And um, just also, just like um, Dr. De uh, Dolores Greer, saying that this is racist, that yeah. not just perfect to be born and um, have the perfect circumstance in order to be born. And right. um, that every, the right to life starts with the womb. That's right. <laughs> that is yep. where it begins. And so Amen. if you, there are anyone to look up, she is amazing. And I mean, I could go on about her yeah. and, and Tony wasn't Dr. Mildred Jefferson wasn't she also involved with um, uh, the the folks fighting against Larry Later and Betty Friedan and yeah. as they were trying to legalize abortion in 1973 <laughs> or prior yeah. to rather the, the late 60s early 70s she was involved uh, with some of those folks um, trying to stop the the federal legal legalization of abortion yes and she um, was the president of the um, National Right to Life. And she was like their main speaker to go, because she could change people with her right. words and her presence. And so, um, I mean, she was just amazing in her approach and her softness and God used her so mightily um, in this movement. And she is someone I highly look up to. So. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I think you should write a talk uh, telling the stories of, of black pro-life leaders over the last uh, hundred years or so. Um, and, and we should get you on some college campuses uh, telling those stories. Um, I, I think those stories need to be told. And I think it's all the more important now that the Democratic Party is more radical than they have ever been before. Um, and yeah. I, I'm sure you and I would agree with uh, the strategy of Candace Owens and Brandon Tatum with Blexit yeah. is if, if we were to wake up black America to how they have been used by the Democratic Party, um, then th essentially we win forever. Uh, if they don't have the black vote, uh, the Democratic Party's done. Um, and yeah. so what you're doing is so important. But, but I agree, if we don't get the right to life right, we won't get any other rights right. It all yeah. starts with that. Um, and, and, and that really is the litmus test of our republic, whether we really believe that all human beings are created equal, endowed yes. by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Yes. Um, Tony, tell us, uh, tell us um, any more that you'd like to leave our listeners with as well as where people can connect with you or book you for an event. Well, you could go on my website at TonyMcFadden.com. That's where you, if you would like me to come and speak at a banquet or a conference or a youth group, anything like that, that's where you go for that. And then um, also on social media, Facebook, Tony McFadden, and on Instagram, Tony McFadden 12, and that's Tony with an I. Got to warn people about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I would love to um, share my story or, you know, speak on Black genocide. That's another topic that, that I cover. And um, I would also just encourage just from hearing from people people privately don't be afraid to use your voice mm. that the pushback is going to come 
regardless. But I know we're on the right side and it's worth it for every comment (laughs) that is, you know, hateful. Um, These babies are going through a lot worse. And I think I could take some of the pushback in order to um, hopefully change someone's mind. So it is worth it to open our mouths and the church. I pray that we would begin to open our mouths even more um, confidently and more powerfully. Amen. Amen. I think you're right. I think there is no other issue on which silence is more deadly than abortion, Mm -hmm. especially in America, where we Mm -hmm. wield political power to determine what representatives represent us. They serve at our pleasure, and we can turn it right around if we want, if the church wakes up and decides to start contending for life. So, Tony, thank you for your message. Thank you for your story. Thank you for sharing those stories. Guys, go connect with Tony, tonymcfadden.com. Follow her on Instagram, Facebook. She has really great content. A very important voice at a very important time. I encourage you to connect with her and learn more. Um, Tony, thanks so much for coming on. We look forward to having you back in the future. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for tuning in today. To learn more, head on over to my website, sethgruber.com, S-E-T-H-G-R-U-B as in babyboyer.com to sign up for my newsletter, to view my speaking schedule, if you want to hear me speak live and local, um, or to book me for an event. My summer's almost full. My fall is filling up quick, so act now. We also have a very generous church partner that has partnered with me in this show that has offered to underwrite all of my travel expenses as well as an honorarium for venues, churches, youth groups, schools that don't have the funds to fly guest speakers out to come speak to their people. This is only reserved for those who don't have the budget. So if you'd like to take advantage of that, hit me up on social media or at sethgruber.com. Until next week, I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted.